The Longbox Crusade presents G.I. Joe Chronicles, The Devil's Due Years. G.I. Joe Chronicles The Devil's Due Years. I'm one of your commanders, Pat Sampson, codenamed DJ Christados. And joining me, as always, is my battle buddy in this operation, Jared Albrick, codenamed Death Probe. That is a prescription for danger. At ease, DJ Christados, and to all the green shirts tuning in for our podcast, welcome back to Fort Longbox. We appreciate you tuning in to talk some post-2000 G.I. Joe comics with us as we chronicle our way through the criminally underrated Devil's Do Run. Just as a reminder, one last time, we changed our recording method. We're going to record two episodes back-to-back. They'll be released separately, so you're going to hear 36, and then several weeks later, you hear 37. They're going to be recorded on the same night. That means we're going to do all of our feedbacks here on 36, which means there's not going to be any feedbacks on 30. Seven. I'm not going to tell you again. Aye, aye, sir. <laughs> Roger that. On this episode of G.I. Joe Chronicles, DJ Christados and I are going to rotate in a special ops guest for the show. For this episode, our special ops guest is none other than Jason Albrecht, codename Weasel Skull. <laughs> Welcome back to Fort Longbox, Weasel Skull. It's great to be back. Thanks for inviting me place looks a little untidy we need to uh, maybe have a little gi party in here clean this up a little you know come on you know train like you fight fight like you train and all that stuff that we used to say back in the day yeah well uh we'll get to that all right <laughs> so, uh, i'm with you i'm walking around looking like basically how bazooka looked at the beginning of this <laughs> <laughs> usually at this part of the show with a debrief, but man, we've had Jason on several times, so we've gotten his three yeah. favorite characters, three favorite vehicles. I think we did like three favorite comic covers. <laughs> did we do that? Three know. favorite Joe covers. We did like who had the best design uniform, even though <laughs> I'm running out of ideas. <laughs> yeah, I think the design uniform dropped when I had that communications issue last time. But oh, uh, that's yeah, what Pat yeah. and I discussed that, but Jason wasn't able to be in on that. Would you like to weigh in on your three favorite designs? For the uniform? Wait, you know, you were in because you mentioned low light. Yeah, low light was the one that I chose. I think my other two would have been Firefly. I think Firefly's costume. Yes, yes, cool. cool. Good. And probably, I'm going to go with the classic stalker. I just like the fatigues yeah. and the beret. I thought that looked really nice. Heck, yes. Those are all correct. Well, now that we've officially squared that away, since Jason had the internet problem last time, Pat, let's go ahead and just get right into it and get our intelligence report knocked out. All right, let's go ahead and do it. For this mission, we will be covering G.I. Joe number 36. Publisher was Devil's Due. It's got a cover date of November 2004. Writer was Brandon Jerwa. Penciler is Tim Seeley. And Jason Millett did the backgrounds. Anchor goes to Corey Hampshire. Colorist is John Rausch, and letter is Dreamer Designs. Cover art go to Tim Seeley and Jeremy Roberts. And speaking about the cover, Death Probe, please take us through the cover description. Got it. Take cover! This is a very retro feel cover. 
It depicts nine of the original Joes in their original 1980s gear running into battle, with Hawk flanked prominently by Snake Eyes, Scarlet, and Stalker leading the charge. It definitely rings a nostalgia bell, and the symbolism of the sun setting on the original team in the background is not lost on me on this one. All right, Jared, thank you for that cover description. Let's go ahead and find out what you guys thought of the cover, and we'll start with Jason. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not mad about this. I like the symbolism of what they were trying to do, Mm -hmm. but there's just something distracting about the way they're, they just don't look natural. Not that the original eighties necessarily looked natural, but there was this energy to it. that just somehow seems lacking. I I keep looking at Scarlet here. They're a little more cartoonishy or um, more anime kind of feel to it. And like her expression looks more like, did I leave the iron on, you know, (laughs) while everybody else is running into battle and, it's just something that's not quite right that's not pulling it together. I I like the concept a little bit weak in the execution, but that's just my opinion. Well, that's fair. Jared, what's your thoughts on the cover? I'm definitely bigger on it than Jason. As you guys know, I read these in my collected custom hardbound. Fanciness. Fanciness, yes. Yes. Um, and... We're in volume two now because we're almost done with it. And look what's on the cover of my hardbound volume two is the cover to this issue. I didn't pick it, to be honest with you. Our good friend Tim Benson from Omaha Bound did all the designs, but I can't argue with it. Uh, He did more of a zoom in. You notice he did Mm -hmm. crop out Scarlet. That's what I was. Yeah, I think the Scarlet's really what distracts me because when I look at the book there, I was like, yeah, I dig that. Maybe it was just too many people. I don't know. But I do like it. I like. I like seeing the guys and gal in their old gear. I like the symbolism of the setting sun on the original team as we're going to read how that's happening, how that's playing out. I do like the color work. I like it more than Jason. I'll tell you that much. What about you, Pat? Well, you know, I guess I didn't really take it as the symbolism of the setting sun. But now that you mention it, I see what you're saying there. To me, I thought it more reminded me of the sunburst of the cards, too, where you got that kind of a burst of or blast burst or whatever it was on the back of the figure card. So I like that. And you got the pose that they're doing is just, you know, reminiscent of G.I. Joe in a cover or, or something, a previous cover. This might be all homage to as well. But seeing the original team here, you got Flash on the, the jetpack. That is cool, you know, to get that kind of a callback. Oh, yeah for that is awesome to see. All right. Well, with the covered thoughts out of the way, let's go ahead and find out how we want to rate this cover. It's on a scale of one to 10 flag points, one meaning you didn't like it at all, and 10 meaning it's perfect and you should make a recruiting poster out of it. Jason, one to 10 flag points. I could definitely see the concept of this being a recruiting poster. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot I like. Anytime you lean it down to the original nine Joes, I'm in. I'm all in on that. I think, again, it just really, the the design of Scarlet just really detracts for me. So I'm going to land at a seven on this one. Interesting. Jarrett, are you poster worthy with this one? Something about it, Pat. Something about it just really calls to me. It's got a little bit of off maybe wonkiness, but just the color scheme with the low G.I. Joe logo. I'm going to 10 on it. I love it. Yo, Joe! I just love it. 
that's all I got to say about that. What about you, Pat? I am going to go one notch under you with a nine. Seven. Oh, right. With a nine. <laughs> I really do like it a lot. And the more I look at it, the sun light that's hitting as it's kind of beaming through and you see that work on the art between the legs. Really nicely done and colored, I think, is what really grabs me. Yeah, I want to point out that I think, because it says cover was by Tim Seeley and Jeremy Roberts, I think Roberts is a colorist. So I think there's not an inker involved. I think this is oh. Tim Seeley handing it right over because there's a lot of color effect. Color carries a lot of these images. Uh-huh. So I, that's what I suspect, but I can't prove it at this time, Your Honor. Well, definitely the color is doing something right. It is eye-catching. With the cover out of the way, let's go back to Death Probe for the story synopsis in our mission brief. Here on G.I. Joe Chronicles, you probably know this already, but we mix it up. We use a randomizer. I'm going to have DJ Cristetos pull that randomizer to determine the synopsis point of view. Will it be told from Joe's point of view or Cobra's point of view? Cristetos, please pull the lever. Cobra. Cobra it is. Let's go. With Destro as our new leader, Cobra is just winning all over the place. Our PSYOP campaigns across the country are shaking the U.S. population's trust in not just G.I. Joe, but the entire government as well. Our intel reports that Barrel Roll's brother, Specialist Stahl, is currently under arrest as a military court weighs in on his dereliction of duty back in New Moon, where he costs the lives of two of the Joe Green shirts. Reports also tell us that the G.I. Joe program is all but dead. Its current membership is going to be limited to just 12 Joes, and the Jugglers even had the New Moon team arrested, which includes Snake Eyes, Clutch, Mirage, Roadblock, and others. Cobra has also reorganized our leadership teams, and so far everything is going well, seemingly, for now. Because there is some chatter out there that Zartan may be planning some kind of offensive because he has Dr. Mindbender held captive. And Mindbender is the key to getting our ultimate space-based weapon, the Tempest, online. Now, back to G.I. Joe. Okay, it's time for highs and lows of the issues. We're going to do two rounds. Pat will do whatever the hell he wants. Jason, round one. Hi, low, what the? We are talking G.I. Joe 36. I'll start off with a high. I appreciate, as somebody that's kind of dipped in and out of this series, that they do a pretty darn good job of recapping so I can step back in and see what's going on. Obviously, I don't have all of the details, but I get the sense that the Joes are in deep doo-doo here. They're pretty much just relegated to staying on base. Their whole fate is up in the air. We've seen them try to detain snake eyes good luck with that i'd hate to be the the guy that was ordered put the cuffs on that man i'd be like i don't know i might have to just i cannot obey that order sir (laughs) (laughs) let me let me ask you guys this jumping out of turn do you think snake eyes could have taken them all out yes yes (laughs) next question I really wanted to see that. I'm like, okay, here's where you're going. Snake Eyes is going to go rogue now, you know, or he's going to have his ninja clan just kind of hanging around. It's like, it's go time with the red ninjas. And, you know, that's why he's got Scarlet there. She was very smooth and like, hey, let's pick our spots. Let's just not cause any trouble now. Yeah. Snake Eyes whisper. 
I don't know if anything interesting will happen next issue. We- it's a mystery. <laughs> <laughs> See you guys in a few weeks when we talk about that one. Yeah, but anyway, that's my high coming out of the gate. Really good job of of doing a good synopsis, dropping you in into the middle of the story and not feeling entirely lost. I like it. I like it. All right, Pat, what do you got? What you got? Well, I'm going to go with the nods that they did here in bringing in the original Joes here. They have that nice page of where they kind of have everybody in their uniforms, kind of standing there, naming them off one by one as Duke comes in to talk to them. And I like the story that kind of Duke gives them too. You know, he's like, you know, I know I'm not Hawk and part of your original team, but I always wanted to be a part of it. You guys, you know, brought me in, made me feel like I was it. And so I like that mentality where Duke is not saying, you know, I'm the guy now, or at least I took over for Hawk and he still has that respect for him, especially after issues before where there was that tension between them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And there's a lot going on in this one with the different teams as well, too. You have Cobra side setting some stuff up and it's kind of a, a highs and a low and then, then a rise, you know, you have the highs of, Destro stuff that's happening and, and Cobra getting a rise. Then you have the low of what's happening to the Joes as they're getting towed. They have to get this, I don't want to say disbanded, but they're getting, you know, shrunken down. Eyes are on them. They can only have 12 guys now. Who's it going to be? You know, is it going to be the OG guys? Who's it going to be? Snake Eyes yeah. and 11 others. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was what they changed the title of the original Marvel run to after a while. I think it was called Snake Eyes and the 11 others. <laughs> <laughs> but and then you have that the other with the other swing of that is what's going on with Zartan? And wh- aside wait, from his baller new look with the yeah, little gas with mask. The gas mask on, <laughs> is that stuff that and I'm going going off, but like you said, I, I do what I'm going to do. Does, <laughs> I'm just enjoying the ride, Pat. Was it ever said why he's doing that? I can't remember. Yeah, he had health problems. With, so he's so not like back a respirator. Again? Yeah. Okay. I thought he got cured with the nanos, but then the nanos. I thought he killed Xandar. That's what I thought too. He, and he, Xandar's back in here. And I'm like, what What, what, what happened? <laughs> There's no explanation for that. Well, he Maybe said, I well, didn't I... get prepared as well as I thought for jumping back <laughs> in this book. I was like, cool, Sandar. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll leave it at that. Um, Jared, what, what's your thoughts? Well, Pat, since you took 82% of the book in your first round. 81. Uh, okay, my I, bad. I, you, I gave you one extra. I'm going to kind of pull a Pat and do two different things, but one's going to be playing off of what you just said with Duke kind of trying to run things and Flint trying to help run things. What happened to Joe Colton? General Joe Colton was here like last issue to help take the place of Hawk, and then he just kind of disappeared too. Yeah, you're right. So I'm like, okay, he disappeared. Xandar's back from the daily. I feel like Jerwa and Josh Blaylock like missed a meeting together somewhere or something. Cause I'm like, huh. Anyways, minor Piccadillos, because the one thing I want to talk about is this is, you know, part one of their new art called the Union. Of the snake, gonna wake, gonna wake. This issue brought to you by Duran Duran. 
but this is a really, really good table setter. This is a table setter issue. This is a, this is an mm. issue to let all the readers know. Okay, here's what's going on with Joe. You know, like you said, Pat, they're down. Cobra's on the up, but they've got some. They explain, you know, how they're breaking up their teams. Like it's it's very organizational. It's very Destro business. Yeah, very Destro business, and that's about it. It's really all you get is the table set to say, okay, basically this story arc is going to include. Zartan and Mindbender effing things up for Destro. <laughs> it's going to include a very limited G.I. Joe team having to find a path to success with the very limited resources. So I'm interested to see where it goes. And that's going to take us back to the top of the order, which is Jason. This is a pretty technical low, but it really did bother me as a combat veteran. There's the scene where Flint comes barging in on the old general and one of the guards throws down on him and it shows him charging his M16. And that's not where the charging handle on an M16 is. <laughs> and that really bothered me. It's a straight pullback. If I remember correctly, it's not on the side. Yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> Two fingers. <laughs> yeah. So that bothered me. I will say though, just to kind of tack onto what you two have been talking about, got me thinking one of the strengths of the Joe team, both in the comics and the animated series is their unity of mission, right? Their unity of purpose because Cobra has arguably parody as far as technology is concerned. They got more soldiers. They're always on the offense and the Joes have to react. But the, what the Joes always had was unity of mission where there's always infighting and little factions within Cobra that would turn against one another Mm -hmm. You didn't traditionally have that with the Joes, and you have that now. So this makes it a very interesting dynamic. There is no unity of purpose amongst the Joes. So I'm thinking maybe even if by paring it down, even if it's just like nine, but if those nine can go and do what they need to do, and that's questionable based off of what we're seeing in the setup issue, maybe that's a good thing. I don't know. But that's the one thing that I noticed that's most worrisome for me as I look at the Joes right now is there's no unity here anymore. They're different factions, similar to what traditionally happens with Cobra Command. Excellent point. You know, I'll take a counter a little bit to that on the Joe team. There is some, you know, miscommunications or something. I'm wondering if the 12 that they choose are going to be team members that know that, you know, of course, Duke's going to try to do something. You know, he's going to try to get the team back. So he needs people that are going to be, hey, I'm going to try to get the team back. And, you know, I need a solid team with me this go around. Not saying that no one is solid, but you know what I mean? That he can help just do what he needs to get done, maybe in a dirty way if, if they have to. Yeah, that's a good point. And I'm not saying that, that the the Joes, the soldiers themselves are necessarily no, divided. No, 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 no. I'm saying that they're getting divided because of these jugglers. And that's what they're trying to do. Yeah, the jugglers are definitely trying to cause some confusion. So, uh, you know, and even within the jugglers, there's some confusion going on in that as well, too. So it's definitely interesting to see how are the Joes going to overcome this? We shall see. We definitely shall see. And the opposite to see Destro. I mean, that guy, he mean business. And his plan to come all through with what he did, I was like, oh, I guess mm -hmm. there was something going on there. And, you know, 
and he goes through uh, what his plan was and how he came about to doing it. And it made me think back to those issues and go, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember seeing that and wondering what was happening at that time. And it's all part of Destro's evil plan to take over Cobra. I think his Achilles heel is his son. That yeah. seems to be the son and his son's girlfriend. That is true. That, that's been around for quite a, you know, mm-hmm. since the beginning of the series. Because his son, Alexander, has never liked the Baroness because that's not his mother. Yeah. So uh, that's going to lead to interesting things. As a reminder to our listeners, the Baroness is currently pregnant with Destro's child. And a couple other minor threads that I want to remind everybody of that also took place in here is, I mentioned in the recap, Barrel Roll's brother, Stahl, performed not great in the field, <laughs> like really mm-hmm. poorly. And so now he, we got to go through his court martial. It looks like we're going to have a side story on that. I don't remember where that's going to go, but as I mentioned, I think last episode, I'd be interested to see if he's like fertile ground for Cobra recruitment at this point. Oh. Yeah, I was going to mm-hmm. ask you guys about that because I, I read the last two issues because I had that communications problem I had intended to be on the show. I did not realize he was Beryl Roll's brother until this one. And I didn't realize like, until this one either. Interesting. Yeah, so we got that one to follow, and there was another one. Oh, the Serpentor in a bottle. You got to oh, rub yeah. the right yeah, yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. You know? I was saving that for later. Oh, yep. okay. Yeah. Serpentor. Serpentor. Oh, yeah. You know, got the government still has him. Basically, they recovered his body from when he got kicked off the bridge. Sometimes you mm-hmm. got to kick your Serpentor off the bridge because Cobra Commander actually defeated him in combat, <laughs> if we remember yep. correctly, on the Battle of Gorilla, which was pretty awesome. And now they've got his body. What are they going to do with it? They've got it in stasis. So those are our dangling threads. And that's actually the end of our second round. So, Pat, run off at the mouth with whatever you got. I'm just going to go back to Destro's plan here with Cobra and the consolidating of Coil with them as well, too. And then him dispersing off the team members. And I think he did a very good job of delegating it out. I thought, you know, the the right people for those roles that he put them in. And so I liked that. The granite, you know, we see some his son kind of questioning that. And then the other thing that I liked in the is the beginning is whatever he's having his Cobra team do, where they're like, all of a sudden they took over that stadium and just said, Hey, you think you're safe? You know, Cobra can save you. Yeah, it's a big psyop. They did it there at the stadium and then again at the casinos. That was Safeco Field, man. That was in Seattle. I've been there. Uh-huh. There are not that many people in the stadium. They probably wouldn't even have made the news. Helicopters <laughs> coming like, is there anybody? Like, <laughs> damn it. Fly down to LA, go to Dodger Stadium. <laughs> you know, something else I picked up on too, Pat, is I guess Tomax and Zavai had a change of heart. Because remember, I think it was last issue. Yeah. Destro was like, hey, I want you to run this part of my program. And they're like, no. He's like, well, then put him in prison. Yeah. They ain't prison now. They're working with him. So they must have been like, hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey buddy. buddy. <laughs> hey, man. You know, maybe they were hanging out with Orsted down there. Like, <laughs> oh. like, man, you got to get up to man. Just, I know he's my brother, but, you know, just just deal with it, man. Do what he says and you, you'll be free. Yeah, just be a leaf on a river, man. Go where yeah. the current takes you. Let, let the wave take you. Go right, right that wave, man. Yeah. There'll be sunshine. You know, you'll hit that beach and you'll be like, oh, man, it's so nice just to sit here on the beach. It's nice and warm on that beach and that water just come up and it's just going to wash over you a little bit. But you'll be safe, man. Just roll with it. Yeah. 
words of wisdom from Orsted, and we do have an Orsted question later on. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we'll be riffing more Orsted later on. Then at this time, I'm going to hand it back to DJ Cristados for the IG's report on the combat readiness of this issue. And for those of you who don't speak military, that means we're going to score this issue story on the same 1 to 10 flag point scale we used earlier. Jason, 1 to 10 flag points. Action-wise, it was a bit of a snooze fest. Mm. But there were some interesting plot threads in there. I'll give it a 7. Seems fair. Jared? Well, closer on this and we were on the cover. It is a table setter, but it did enough intrigue to get me to an eight. I'm really interested to see what's coming next. So I'm at an eight. What about you, Pat? I am there with you on an eight as well. I think I was intrigued and wanted to get on to reading the next issue to find out where this takes us. And just the bits and pieces of, of, again, that were going on made me interested. All right. Well, with the flag points out of the way on the story, we need to find out. In this issue, we have two awards to give out. You can either give a Silver Star Medal for Gallantry in Action or a Silver Snake for Snaky Sneakitude. So in this issue, what award would you give to one of the characters in this issue, Jason? I think I would have to give the silver snake to Destro. He seems mm-hmm. to be on top of the world right now. Couple cracks showing in that armor, but as of this issue, he is definitely on the solidest of footing of any of our factions, either Cobra or Joe. I am going to agree with you on that all the way through this. Once Destro did his his medieval I'm taking over the world speech, I fell for it. I was like, you know what? I might be able to switch over to Cobra. He's got me. <laughs> I like him. So he definitely has a lot going for him at this time. And very sneakiness. I was like, again, I, you know, I, I get duped a lot. And boy, did they dupe me on this one. Jert? I think it's a clear winner for Destro. But just to put another flavor out there, I will give a Silver Snake to Zartan. He's got some tricks up his mm-hmm. sleeve right now. He's basically the only guy with a card left to play on the Cobra side and interested to see how he's going to do it. And I also like his baller new look. <laughs> <laughs> Not sure how Xandar's still alive, but maybe we'll circle back to that at some point. <laughs> Interesting, to say the least. All right. Well, with that segment out of the way, let's go ahead and head on over to Death Probe's toy chest. Jared, what's in the toy chest today? It's here, the G.I. Joe collection. Each sold separately. G.I. Joe from Hasbro. All right, Pat, let's get into that toy chest. In this segment, I'll take something or someone featured from this issue and give you a brief toy history on it. And for this issue, I have selected Short Fuse. Yeah, he only appeared in a couple panels, but am I ever going to get a chance to talk about Short Fuse again? (laughs) Doubtful. (laughs) So let's talk about Short Fuse. He was a mortar soldier. His specialties included artillery and an infantry engineer. His figure description is as follows. It's the classic OD green suit with brown boots and black straps. His accessories included a green helmet with a clear visor, a green ammo backpack, and black mortar with a stand. He was first released in 1982 in Series 1 and re-released in 83, of course, with a swivel arm. Interesting fact about Short Fuse is he has three different names. There was different printings of his file card, depending on where you acquired him and what version. 
He's known as Eric W. Friedstadt, Mark W. Brinston, and Mark W. Friedstadt. <laughs> so, who knew? <laughs> it's the witness protection, Joe, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> so, anyways, there's currently, as of this recording, which is in November of 2022, seven versions of Short Fuse. If you count the 1.5 version, like Yojo.com calls Swivel Arm 1.5. Okay. So they say there's six versions, but if you count regular straight arm and Anyway, seven versions if you count the swivel arm. Quick around the room. Who had short fuse? Pat. Yes, I did have short fuse. Jason, did we have short fuse? <laughs> we did have short fuse. I don't remember which of us had short fuse, but we did have short fuse. <laughs> indeed, indeed. And I still have an original short fuse up in my collection. Don't know if it's the one from my childhood or if it's been reacquired. Couldn't tell you for sure. Like the version one or the... The swivel. Hands. I might have both. I have Ooh. at least one of them. I, I have either version one or one five or possibly both. I haven't looked in on it in a while. I got to say, though, while we're on the subject, that swivel arm and battle grip was a game changer for G.I. Joe's, man, because before that, all you could really do is have them like one arm, the M16 or one arm, whatever weapon they had. And having that being able to like really cradle that weapon, tuck it up into his shoulder combat mm-hmm. style. That was awesome. Definitely. Definitely. Sorry, that, we're talking about short fuse. That's fine. I would <laughs> definitely say we I can't think of another toy that like had a better improvement step. Yeah. The swivel on. Such a small change. Made a but change. opened up so much. Yes, yes. And that's short fuse. And that's Death Probe's toy chest. Back to Pat. All right. Well, next up is our feedback segment called Combat Comms. And as always, we want to start off combat comms with our roster of our battle-hardened Crusader Club veterans. These are the fine folks that have joined our Crusaders Club. They enjoy early access to special longbox video episodes, free raffle giveaways, voting on show programming, and so much more. So, these are the folks reaping the benefits and giving some much-appreciated support to the show. Helica Wolf. Auburn Elvis. Blast it or stash it. Braxton Underwood. Captain Entropy. Clinton Robinson. Dave Collins. Battle Wagon. Ezra Gallo. Gary Viola. Gene Hendricks. Gerald Green. Jason Keen. Jason Lady. Jeremy L. Jim, German, Jim, German, Jim, German, Jim, German. I hope you like to jam too. Joe Thomas. John Watson. Josh Strickland. Candace Ward. Captivating Kathy Bright, the MVP, Lady K. Mark Ross, a.k.a. Clucktrent. Maxwell Traver. Miranda W. P.D. Devins. Paul Hicks. Rick from Jeff and Rick Present. Rob Morgan. Ryan Daly. Samantha Maney. Sean Urbanski. Spidey67. Spreadsheet. Steve Cronin. Timmy. Tim Price. Tony Pennington. And Toronto Cap. If we missed anyone on our list, we apologize. Please keep in mind that we record these episodes very well in advance of release. So if you are a recent addition, we should be adding you soon. But stills, don't worry about it. You know, as Orsted would say, hey man, just just chill, man. It, your time will come. Yeah. Your time will come. 
Uh, everything's gonna be okay. Everything will be all right, you know. In the meantime, you know, just just let them know that you were missed, and you can do that by just sending an email to contact at longboxcrusade.com. You know, you can even write a letter. You know, just just take it back and go old school with the letters. <laughs> An envelope. Yeah, man, and just it'll get there. Just address it to Longbox Crusade. Set. It'll find its way. Take care of Orsted if you want. <laughs> yeah. With that, you you will get it all straightened out. Send it to Orsted or any other way. It'll be great. So you might be asking yourself, how do I become a Crusaders Club member? Well, it, it's very simple. You just head on over to patreon.com and search for Longbox Crusade. For as little as $1 a month, you'll get access to the amazing world of the Crusaders Club. Come and check it out. Now let's see what messages from our Platoon of Lawyer listeners we have waiting for us on Breakers Comsat. Communications officer, code name Breaker. These are from episode 34 that had guests were just Jared and I. Yeah, no get. We had Jason scheduled comms issues, mm-hmm. but I got to start with this first one, Pat. This first send in from Scrap Iron. Ah. He took a picture. He spot. He said, "I spotted this during a visit to the NHM London, but the spelling is different." And he took a picture of something that says "supported" by Orsted, which I thought was awesome and hilarious. But then it made me realize we've been saying it wrong this whole time. <laughs> Destro spelled backwards is not Orsted. It's Ortsed. Ortsed. Potato, yeah. <laughs> potato. So uh, oh. we've been serpentoring this up <laughs> since the original Orsted. That was probably me then. I, you know, and, I and Pat and I talked about it behind the scenes. Like, should we start saying it right? We're like, no. Yeah. So <laughs> we're all in now. So gotta, Orsted is not Destro spelled backwards. We've been wrong this whole time, but we're committed to Orsted. <laughs> and I'll let Jason pick a next comment. I like this one from Brian Lazara here. Uh, Brian says, so excited for this episode, any episode, really. You, Death Probe, and the special ops guests give us laughs that we need some days. Thank you. And that's very sweet. Sentiment. That is awesome. They, they do put a good show together, these two crazy yeah, kids. Thank you. Thank you, Brian. Very cool. All right. I will take one from Hoover Jeremiah. And Hoover says, I believe at this point in the story, Snake Guy's face is still partially messed up. He got it fixed in issue number 93 from the original run. Then in issue 95 through 97-ish, those three ninja guys, each wearing a third of his version 3 costume, attacked him and rescarred him. Not as badly as the first time, I imagine. And I believe ever since then, he's kept those scars. I could be wrong. Sometimes my memories like to disappear. Same here. But I yeah. do remember, like I said, him getting his face fixed. But then a couple of issues led down the road, there was that big uh, fight he was in. Ah, I appreciate that, Hoover. Thanks for giving us the intel. So and they he- fixed him for like... Like three issues. Three issues? <laughs> That's harsh, man. <laughs> Even Orsted would have problems with that. No, man, not cool. Not. Well, I tell you, man, you're keeping that mask on. You know, don't hide the beauty. It, it is what it is. And if you try to change that, you're beautiful the way you are. You don't need to change, man. You I kept telling Destro when we were kids, man. You don't have to wear that mask. You know, the rocket launches and the wrists are cool. But the mask? Nah, 
And now I replace my rocket launchers with carrots because they're loaded with vitamins. Mm-hmm. And they're good for your eyesight. What the hell was I talking about? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Back to the uh, comments and messages. Good job on the mailbag this week, everybody. Shout out to G.I. Gary and Kevin Thomas King. Both tuned in to let me know I was wrong, R-O-N-G, wrong, when I said there's no figures for Wraith. They both chipped in and said, yep, in 2008, they released two versions of Wraith, a regular and sort of a translucent. And that bothered me because I was like, I went, I go, you know, I go to yojo.com to do my mm-hmm. figure research. So I went there again and I looked under W, no Wraith. So I was like, did they do that stupid thing where they put under T for the Wraith? No, uh... he's under M. For mercenary wraith. Come on, yojo.com. <laughs> Maybe look like a jackass on my own podcast. But no, I actually really do appreciate G.I. Gary and Kevin Thomas King. They both included pictures to get us up to speed that, yep, back in 2008, you could have scored a wraith. And that's good information. We appreciate you guys looking out for us. So do you need to get one for your collection? I went and looked all through my collection to see if I had one, and I don't think I do. So, yeah, I've got to be on the lookout for some Wraith action. All right. Mm-hmm. Good to know. I, I like how G.I. Gary also used the hashtag, hashtag Orsted. He did. Little did he know it's not that just backwards. <laughs> but he's in. He loves it. He's in with us, so we appreciate it. Absolutely. And you know what? Now's a great time to remind you guys. That's how you get on the show, man. You leave us comments. You ask questions. Those are the best ways to get on the show or the best way, Pat. What is that, Jerk? Is to leave us a voicemail at 707-532-5269 or 707-532-LBOX. Pick up up the phone. phone. And we did get a send-in because on the last couple episodes, we've been like, hey, send in your questions, send in your comments, send in questions for Orsted. So guess what, Pat? What? We got a question for Orsted. Ooh. Bruh, this message is for Orsted on the G.I. Joe Chronicles podcast. Orsted, dude, this is Ironmonger. I'm taking your advice, bruh, and I'm trying to bloom in my basement, but I have a question. I'm growing moldable bio armor, bruh. It'll fit you like a Snuggie and be as soft as moss that you find on a rock. But there, I got a problem. It's not growing as it should in my basement, bruh. So I'm wondering if you could suggest a good hydroponic system as the filter water from my recycled beer cans and the desk lamp don't seem to be working too well, bruh. Anyway, dude, call me back, bruh, when you get a chance to discuss. Well, <laughs> who was it? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know who that was. They didn't identify themselves. But hey, we got a question for Orsted. Well, let's let Orsted answer. So uh, let's get Orsted in here. Well, hey, uh, Hydroponic Man or Iron Monger, I think his name was. Yeah. See, that's an aggressive name, man, but you know, whatever. I do have a solution because we did we did tell that one Clinton guy who called in to just just bloom where he's planted, even if it's the basement. Mm-hmm. This guy's having a similar problem, man. He can't get his moldable armor to work because of his uh, his basement problem. But you know what? I know what the secret ingredient is, man. This love. Is it love? It's, it's yeah, love. yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's what Jason I thought. got it. He knew it was love. He loved it enough. It's going to happen. Maybe you got to take it outside once in a while and just, you know, get get a little light on that. If, you as know, long as you you're know. not Clinton, then yeah. yeah. You know. You know Ironmonger. Ironmonger. Hold on, man. Oh, hold on. I'm from Washington. All right. 
So I know a little bit about this mold that you're trying to grow. Okay. Okay. If you're going to grow this mold indoors, you need to make sure that you have a good hydroponic system. But the trick is you got to do it in phases, right? So that you cultivate in three distinct phases. The first phase is the grow phase. And you really need to make sure you have a nice warm overhead light. Keep that in for one to two weeks, depending on the temperature that you tame. Then you got to move it into another system, right? And that's where you add a little bit more moisture, not so much light. Once it starts blooming, this mold, that's when you harvest it. So, so Jason, man, it just sounds like, uh, let me take all your words and just put it into one thing. It's just, you just got to love it, man. It's love. It's yeah, love. really, that's that's what you're doing. You could call that system love. Love, yeah. Four stages of love. Jason doesn't think too much about this. <laughs> Jason had to regulate this in his uh, <laughs> previous job. <laughs> oh, wow, man. Well, there you have it, Ironmonger. You call for answers. Yeah. We get you answers, man. And work on that name, you know. Let's get together, you know. Give me, give us another call. Let's spitball some names here, you know. Something softer than iron and less aggressive than a monger, monger like, yeah. like marshmallow butterflies, probably better. Mm. Yeah, like yeah. puffy little pillow or. Uh, yeah. you know. We'll shop Satin lover, yeah. satin lover. <laughs> Jasmine flower, you know. <laughs> workshop it man all right so there you have it thank you orsted thank you iron monger for calling in and letting us act like morons that will bring us to mission complete status for this episode of gi joe chronicles of devil's do years if you'd like to hear more from us in the realm of comics action films vintage tv movies serials and more check out the entire long box crusade network dj cristados where can they find that well Jared, i am glad you asked you can find that on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and all the podcatchers out there. Or you can go to www.longboxcrusade.com. We're also on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, all at Longbox Crusade. Back to you, Jared. If you'd like to chat with us online, we can be found at... Back to you, Pat! Oh, I didn't see that coming. You can find me on the Twitter at Christatos01. Back to you, Jared. I didn't see that coming either. I'm at Yard Sale Artist, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. It's all at Yard Sale Artist. Or you can check out my wares at www.theyardsaleartist.com. Jason. You can find me at Weasel Skull on Twitter or Jason Albrick on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks for joining us for this episode of G.I. Joe Chronicles, The Devil's Do Years. We will see you on the battlefield next episode where we will cover issue 37, The Union of the Snake, part two. Until then, platoon, fall out. The music themes for this show are done by musical genius Joe November. Please check out his SoundCloud at Joseflin99. That's J-O-S-E-F-L-I-N-9-9. You will not regret it. I like Scarlet's. I'm going with a 10. <laughs> Got to cut that out, but <laughs> you can't say. <laughs> I can't even say spotted. You can't say. <laughs> All right. Here, I'll be doing a real take.